You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked on Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined this time by Harrison Fagan. He is, again, at the day spa. I, I, I'm i starting to wonder, like, I think every fifth trip to the day spa, he gets a free sandwich or something like that. So he is enjoying his free sandwich this week. Instead, I brought on one of his colleagues over there at Lakers Nation. Trevor Lane is, is joining me. Trevor, how how the, uh, how the Thanksgiving holiday treats you? Have you been putting up lights, enjoying the eggnog? How, how's, how's everything going? Well, I wouldn't say enjoying the eggnog, but yes, I actually, I did put up lights today, but you know what? I did the, um, I don't know, the cop-out version of putting up Christmas lights. I got one of those projector oh, things. Have you seen no. those? I got I got one of those that's right now <laughs> projecting onto the side of my uh, side of my house. I didn't want to climb up on the roof. I'm not a big fan of heights, which is probably why I'm not tall, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was, that was my, my Thanksgiving and and my uh, preparations for for Christmas, and I did a bunch of shopping on Amazon because who wants to you know go to stores these days? Oh, that in that case, I'm I'm perfectly happy taking the easy way out. And then also, like, I'm not really a fan of the projection things, but I think it's mostly because my house, like the way it's positioned, literally does not let me do that unless I want like lights firing straight into my living room. So, so <laughs> I would totally use that projection if I could, but I I really can't based on how it's how it's positioned so i did have to jump up on the on the ladder and and freak my wife out because the ladder isn't exactly all that stable uh it was it was it was a whole to do it was not it was, it was a fun so you were like chevy chase on christmas vacation then right yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah uh I, I like the i wish that they would invent the the gun that they had in in the grinch stole christmas where she walks out and she's just firing lights onto her roof like how haven't we invented that yet? That's just that's just not right. That should be a priority. And then also, like that was a quick illusion. You kind of slid. You kind of jumped over the the question. You're not an eggnog guy. No, I'm not. I'm, I, I don't. I'm not down with the nog. Wow. <laughs> I feel like I feel like eggnog is like insanely polarized. It's like Lonzo Ball or Kobe in his prime. The people either love Lonzo or Kobe. Or they hate those guys, and they hate you know the 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 even the opportunity that those guys could succeed. Like eggnog, you love it or you hate it. My mom, my 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 mom, my dad, my wife, just about everybody like hates eggnog, and I just say, cool, that's just that's just way more for me. So I mean, eggnog, yeah, I think it's it's definitely polarizing mm-hmm. because it it is one of those love or hate things. It's almost like. It's almost like D'Angelo Russell, I think. <laughs> like if you just if you put up a poll on Twitter and just put eggnog and then had the only two options as yes or no, uh-huh. like your your comments on that would just be fired. Just like if you did the same thing with D'Angelo Russell, yeah. you would have people on either side of it. Or or even worse, if you threw out like like Apple versus Samsung, like you would get that kind of response. <laughs> I think. Or like if you if you were to tweet out more polarizing, D'Angelo Russell or eggnog. <laughs> you just start all kinds of fires. Um, all right, I promise this show isn't going to be all about eggnog and ladders and stuff. Uh, I'm bringing Trevor on because I just spent 
Uh, we just we just talked in the first half of this crossover podcast. I went on Lakers Nations podcast. It was a blast over there. We talked about uh, a Paul George trade. We talked about whether or not Julius Randle has played himself into a situation where the Lakers can't trade him and all kinds of good stuff over there. So go check out Lakers Nations podcast. Trevor does a great job over there. Uh, at I wouldn't bring him on here and I wouldn't try to replace Harrison with him. Don't tell Trevor, but I wouldn't try to replace Harrison with him if, if I didn't think he did a great job over there. So check out that first half. In this half, I'm going to let Trevor basically drive this one. I'm going to fire a couple questions at him and I'm going to let him do his thing because I rambled way too much in the first half. He has a few trades that he has uh, lined up and a couple rumors that he might throw out there as well. Uh, especially regarding Clarkson that I actually haven't heard yet. So that's going to be a good time. Make sure you guys are following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, and Lakers Outsiders. Let's get this going. The You said you had a, a Brooke Lopez trade idea. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and let you talk about the details of that one. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, so so the Lakers obviously you know brought in Brook Lopez thinking that maybe he'd be a, a fallback option. Okay. So if they if they don't land LeBron, if they don't land Paul George, any of these guys, maybe you can throw some money at Brook Lopez. Eric Pincus is even uh, from uh, Basketball Insiders. He does all the the stuff there. He's also over at um, Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report. My goodness, I couldn't <laughs> even think of it. It's over at Bleacher <laughs> Report. Yeah, well, maybe I need to start drinking eggnog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he's over there, and he does a, a phenomenal job. He has floated out the idea that the Lakers may even be able to bring him back on the cheap. But here's a, a, an idea that, that I had. Seeing as the Clippers have, have not been doing so well, if the Lakers – and there's a lot of ifs here – but if the Lakers determine that they're probably not going to bring back Lopez, that they're going to need some money freed up and, and all that, and that they have to part ways with Julius Randle. And as we talked about over on the Lakers Nation podcast, neither Anthony or myself think that's a good idea. We think Randle has played himself into this team's long-term future and that he should stay. But in this trade, we're assuming that they've decided the opposite, which is still possible. So I'm saying that perhaps the Lakers could look at offering up their the tenants at the Staples Center, the Clippers, offer up Brooke Lopez, Julius Randle, and a second-round pick for DeAndre Jordan, who will most likely be a free agent next summer, but they could bring him in as a piece that could help woo some other big free agents to come along. I mean, having him back there as your, your backline defense would be a really, really nice thing to sell other teams on. And part of the reason why I included Randall in that is because I don't think Randall would be a great fit next to DeAndre Jordan because of the spacing issues. So you'd probably run, a, say, a Kyle Kuzma as your starting power forward in that sense, or in that case, which would actually be a phenomenal fit. I don't know. Anthony, I mean, Lakers and Clippers trades, realistically, probably not going to happen. This is outside the realm of reality and all that. But on the surface, what do you think? I need a minute or so to think this over so i'm going to take a quick break and then give my thoughts on it because i i like where you're going i like where your head's at on this one so i really like the idea of deandre jordan on the lakers especially if 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 we if you believe that lonzo ball is going to be the player that magic and palinka and luke and a lot of people believe lonzo could eventually become then having somebody like Jordan who can finish those alley-oops and defend the rim and do all the things that Jordan can 
makes a ton of sense to play alongside Lonzo. My one concern regarding Jordan is one that I had about Wade and about Russell Westbrook and and all the the uber athletes who have who have benefited greatly from just being all around stronger, faster, able to jump higher than everybody that they play with. And it's that once those once that talent starts sliding away a little bit, what is that player going to be? And look, if you have the opportunity to land somebody who immediately makes your team better the way Jordan does, then you kind of have to take that chance. But it's something that the Lakers would have to seriously think about is, is can, can this guy actually age well? What, how do you think Jordan ages as he moves as he moves further into his career? Well, that's the big question, right? I mean, if he can if he can find a way to still perform at the level that he's at, then obviously it's it seems like it's a no brainer because the Lakers would be getting a, a very very key piece moving forward. But you're right. I mean, the the whole aging issue is a question mark. I mean, the Lakers we remember Dwight Howard when he was you know hobbled with his back issues and everything. He had a game that was very much based on athleticism, and then it just didn't really work out so well for him moving forward. I mean, he's still not. He's not the Dwight Howard of old. He's more like kind of old Dwight at this point. So DeAndre Jordan is right now 29 years old. He will be turning 30 next July. So that's a concern. But, I mean, I guess maybe you can try to, to make his new contract, say say you offer him a three-year deal instead of a four-year and see if you can get him to stick around or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's a concern, but... My thinking was with bringing in DeAndre Jordan is if you can use him as a selling point to another max player, then it would be worth it. Because if you're bringing in LeBron and, and Paul George and guys like that, you're not going to be too worried about age anyway. It's going to be more of a short-term rebuild because it's not like LeBron's 21 and neither is is Paul George, right? So that's that's kind of where my head's at with it. It might still make sense. It could be something that is is worth the risk. But I certainly get where those concerns are. I mean, not to mention just just trading with the Clippers. It's it's unrealistic that that's really going to happen. I don't know. I mean, the have the Lakers and Clippers ever completed a trade? Oof, not that I can really think I of. I can't think of any. But I, I do think a lot of that had to do with Donald Sterling being Donald Sterling. Like, I never thought of Jerry West as the kind of guy who would walk away from a deal just because it happened to take place in the same building. Donald Sterling, there's a reason why the Clippers were so bad over the course of his ownership. I don't look at... I, I see Steve Ballmer closer to... Jerry West than I do Donald Sterling so I think a deal can be worked out there as tough as it would be like both sides would be it's kind of like I said on 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 the Lakers Nation podcast earlier in the first half of this is that anytime I throw a trade idea out there and both sides scream at me about it being a bad idea that tells me all right I'm off to at least a good start and it's like Clippers fans aren't going to be thrilled about watching DeAndre Jordan four times in their own building moving forward, right? Just like Laker fans aren't going to be thrilled about watching Julius Randle four times a season for the rest of his career or for the for the rest of the time he's on the Clippers. So it's a, it's a tough question either way. My my other thing too does DeAndre Jordan get you LeBron like does LeBron see that trade and say yep I want to play with DeAndre Jordan or does Paul George look at that trade and say I want to play with DeAndre Jordan because those are the the, those are the main priorities here right at the end of the day 
the number one thing both Magic and Palenka have promised is that in this upcoming summer, the Lakers are going to land somebody, whether it's Boogie, George, LeBron, some combination of those three guys. They traded away D'Angelo Russell and opened up the cap space that they opened up because they think they can actually land those guys. So does DeAndre Jordan help in that scenario? Which way would you lean there? Yeah, that's that's the big question, and I think it would take you know through back channels or, or whoever, or you know just talking to Rich Paul and saying, hey, you know we're going to talk about KCP, wink, wink. <laughs> what do you think about DeAndre Jordan, yeah. right? Um, and, and doing something like that, you would almost have to figure out a way to reach out to those guys ahead of time and say, hey, you know, if how would you like to play with DeAndre Jordan and see what their take was? And if they said if they said no, then then I think that would definitely have to be the the deal killer. I mean, they, mm-hmm. it just wouldn't happen then. But if they gave the go ahead and said, yeah, if you brought in DeAndre Jordan, I'd be more likely to sign with you guys. Then I think that's the way you'd have to go with it. And I think he's a polarizing player. I think some people would look at him and see the value that he can bring defensively, and and realize that that would be a, a big help for this team. And then other people just think he he doesn't quite have the same sizzle as a lot of the big stars out there. So it would be it would be a tough call. It would depend on what LeBron James and Paul George and guys like that think about DeAndre Jordan. Of course, landing him would also probably take them out of the market for DeMarcus Cousins, I mean, almost certainly. Yeah. So then that eliminates one potential max free agent from the Lakers, you know, being on the, the uh, on the market next summer. So that's something to consider. One final thing on that deal before we move on here is that I was thinking about Brooke Lopez when I made this move and thinking about something that would keep him close to Disneyland. <laughs> And I think this accomplishes that goal because we know how much he loves Disney. So we're doing Brooke Lopez a solid here too. Yeah, I mean, you have to do whatever you can to appease a player who infuriates Lakers Twitter and <laughs> Laker fans <laughs> the way that he seems to. So that's that's always a positive. I was actually so while I was talking about uh, athletes whose games kind of erode once their athleticism goes. And I had completely for like I was I was trying you know I mentioned Russell Westbrook and I and I mentioned Dwayne Wade as as examples like current examples that that kind of scare me and the guy that I was really trying to think of and it says something that I couldn't remember his name was Tyrus Thomas remember him he played there oh with yeah him? and he was just he was just he would just pop off the screen screen at you because it's like holy cow this guy can block everything can dunk everything. He just, the sky seems to be the limit. And then as soon as that athleticism slipped, even just a, a minimal percentage, I had to legitimately Google the guy's name because I forgot who he was. So I, I like where you're going there. I also think that Brooke Lopez allows the Clippers to say that they're still going to compete. I like the spacing that Brooke Lopez would would offer the Clippers as well. Uh, as soon as he gets there and you know him and Blake Griffin would have a ton of room to work together. Uh, as as they try to maintain uh, relativeness in the NBA, I just don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily the deal that the Lakers look to make because it, it impacts their priorities this summer's th- this summer uh, in the in the cap space that they they try to open up to to sign a LeBron and to sign a Paul George like those those two those two names. More than anything, you know, it's like they say that the, the where there's smoke, there's fire. There's there's smoke billows around those two names in connection with the Lakers, and I, I think the Lakers are going to do whatever they can to 
to put themselves in a situation where they can sign him. The other one that you wanted to mention here in a bit, I'm going to take a quick break in a second here. This one really intrigues me because I've been trying to think of a landing spot for Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> and it's really not as easy as as people would think because he's not really that easy of a player to just slow, throw in anywhere. Uh, Trevor, you said that you have an idea for him, so we're going to get to that here in a second. All right, and we are still joined here by, by Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation dot com and the lakers nation podcast you have a jordan clarkson idea trade idea and a rumor that was floated out there that i that i missed over the last few days or so well yeah i mean there was a there was a rumor that somebody tweeted at me today that was that, that hit the internet and it's um it's not reputable i'm not even going to mention the the website that it came from or anything like that so it's not a, a real trade rumor it just got me thinking about you know what teams could be after Jordan Clarkson. I mean, we talked about on the Lakers Nation podcast how Jordan Clarkson was probably one of the guys the Lakers are going to look to move. And you got to look around the league and you got to see what teams are really in need of a guy who can do the things that Jordan Clarkson does, that can can be a sometime point guard, that can be a combo guard. He's scoring extremely efficiently this season. Who is it that needs those things? I think Charlotte is one of those teams that could use a player like him. However, the challenge there is that they don't really have the expiring contracts to offer back. For the Lakers, it's going to be all about getting expiring contracts in return or trying to save themselves some money. Ironically, the Brooklyn Nets could potentially be a team that could that could really use them, especially after these injuries to D'Angelo Russell and Jeremy Lin. So maybe they look at a Jordan Clarkson as an interesting piece. They do have a fairly big expiring contract in Trevor Booker. But here's a trade that I've seen floated quite a bit and does make a, a little bit of sense. So, Anthony, what do you th- what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson to Chicago for Nikola Mirotic, who is on a non-guaranteed deal. Well, it's got a team option for next year. The salaries are a wash, and Chicago sends the New Orleans Pelicans 2018 second rounder to the Lakers. Now, Mirotic mostly plays plays power forward, even if he can, you know, masquerade a little bit at small forward, doesn't fill a position of need really for the Lakers or anything like that. So this would just be to clear salary cap space, not a guy who's really going to help them win that many games this season, but they at least pick up that second rounder to help them in the future. And and the Chicago Bulls get a solid young backup guard that can be there as insurance for, as, for Zach Levine, who is going to be coming back from a pretty serious injury here in just a few weeks. So that's that's an interesting one to me. For, to start, I think there'd be nobody happier in the situation than Nikola Mirotic, right? Because he, he gets away from Bobby Portis. and <laughs> Exactly. He is no longer getting punched in the face by Bobby Portis, which is, which, I mean, there's an altruistic tone to this because, you know, you're helping Mirotic out here. Just like we helped Brooke Lopez stay close to Disneyland, now we're helping Nikola Mirotic. <laughs> avoid being assaulted so there we go working miracles here i like how when that was going down the bulls were like look those two guys got to work things out like could you just imagine like you are you are now you are now colleagues with harrison and i know you, you don't work out of the lakers nation offices but could you just imagine if like harrison punched you in the face and lakers nation's response was look we're just like we're gonna let those guys work it out <laughs> It just, it just, that just made me laugh really hard when I saw that response. Like that's why the Bulls are, are where they currently are. That right there. But 
I like I like where you're going with it. And the other thing too, uh, with that second rounder, the Lakers have drafted really well in the second round, especially early in it. And with Anthony Davis going down the way he did, it was a non-contact injury, and he wasn't able to put hardly any weight on that on that. I think it was a left leg. He was in, he wasn't able to put any in, on any weight on that left leg. So if Anthony Davis misses considerable time and Demarcus Cousins isn't able to hold up the team by himself in Davis's in Davis's absence, then that second round pick kind of sort of becomes a a late first round pick, and that's definitely the Lakers' wheelhouse, as shown over the last few years with Kuzma and with Nance and and, and the like. So I like that. And then also that means that you you officially don't have to move Randall, which to me is the Lakers' priority moving forward. Like not only is the Lakers' job to open up salary, but it's to do so without moving Julius Randall. And this accomplishes that. As, as much of a bummer as it would be to, to lose Clarkson basically in a salary dump, you accomplish two of your main goals at this point, given the way the season has gone and in opening that salary the way you need to and keeping Randall. I, I actually like this trade. And then you could almost wave Miritich as soon as you walk through the door, just try to buy him out and let him figure things out moving forward. Cause there's no real minutes available for him. If you right. don't move, a, if you don't move a forward along with Clarkson for him. So Miritich, there's no real fit there. You kind of you you know you ask them, hey, what are you interested in doing? Do you think you can compete with these guys for minutes? Are you concerned that Randall might punch you in the face next? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and you see how he handles that that question, and then you kind of move forward. I like I like this one a lot because it just it it it, it checks a lot of boxes. Now, I mean, Miritich can shoot from the outside, and that's something that the Lakers are certainly lacking. So I would think that they would probably at least kick the tires and just kind of see if they could fit him in somewhere. But, but I mean, like we said, there's there's not a lot of room at those spots for him right now. Now, I mean, ideally, if the Lakers move Jordan Clarkson, the, the home run for them would be to get an expiring contract and then a first and then be able to use that first as part of an incentive for somebody to take on Luol Deng, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's going to take a lot more than just that. But, you know, I think that would be the the ideal scenario for them would be to pick up some other pieces and then use them to, to move Deng's contract because then that frees up even more money for the, for the big summer of 2018. But, you know what, I don't know how realistic that is. So I think this is as reasonably close as you can get to that type of scenario. Yeah, I don't, I don't think... Clarkson is going to fetch very many first rounders. Actually, this is one of the topics that I wanted to talk to you about in regards to moves that the Lakers might make to improve their team, either during this season or in the offseason, is I think so over the last few years, as the Lakers have been really bad, they obviously couldn't move first round picks because of where they were going to be drafting, right? right. Um, but as the team improves, and given their priorities moving forward, I'm of the opinion that the Lakers aren't going to be valuing first round picks and second round picks the way they have over the last few uh, over the last few years. Would you Would you agree with that assessment? Well, what you you mean that they're going to be more willing to trade them? Absolutely, yeah. I think that they are if it allows them to to land a superstar, which then devalues those picks. It's kind of a weird situation. Because if you're a team that, 
like let's say that you are a team with cap space, just a, a random team out there. Um, let's say, I mean, the Bulls should have, have cap space, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say you're the Bulls and the Lakers are offering you Luol Deng and a first round pick and a second round pick, unpro- unprotected first rounder. And, and you're thinking, oh, great, first round pick. But then you've got to think, what's the Lakers motivation? to shed Luol Deng's contract. Well, it means that they're going to be probably landing LeBron James or Paul George or maybe even both. So if you are the Bulls or you are whatever team that is accepting that deal from the Lakers, you know that that first-round pick is not going to be all that high. I mean, if the Lakers are willing to part with that pick, it means they're probably getting a couple superstars. So then what? I mean, you are taking taking on Luol Deng's contract for a pick that's in the 20s or something like that because they just landed two superstars. So it's kind of a weird spot to be in because if they aren't going to land a star, then they probably aren't going to be willing to to land those to trade that pick because it's going to be too valuable. But then mm-hmm. if they trade it, then it, it's, it's losing the value because teams are going to assume that they're landing one of those stars. So it's it, going to be really interesting to see how teams deal with the Lakers and their draft picks if they do make those available in trade. And I think you're right. I think that they will make those picks available in trade. I think that they are going to, especially Magic, is going to feel confident that they can rebuild this team and that losing those picks will be worth it because they're going to be bringing in some top talent via free agency. But um but yeah, I don't know how much value they're going to get for them because teams have to be wary of the Lakers picking up those top players. Yeah, and and you know the other side of it too is if you're a team that is trading for one of the Lakers' first-round picks, you could be betting on their ability to sign a free agent, right? Like if you if you're if you're getting that first-round pick so that the Lakers can open up cap space and go after LeBron or go after Paul George, then you're saying okay, so there's. Yes, this pick, in all likelihood, if the Lakers are willing to part with this pick, they're probably going to land a good enough player that this pick isn't going to be as valuable as as first-rounders have been with the Lakers the last five years. But the other side of that coin is, well, wait, what if they don't sign George? Or what what if they don't sign LeBron? And what if they strike out on free agency? Now, all of a sudden, that first round pick becomes gold, (laughs) actual gold, because they traded away Russell this past offseason and they probably moved uh, maybe they might have moved another asset along with this first round pick to get rid of a Luwaldang contract so now you're looking at kind of a shell team that struck out on free agency and you could take advantage of that situation it's 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 like you said I would probably bank on it going the other way that if they're moving it, it's because they they have already gotten a wink wink agreement from somebody without tampering. Because the Lakers would definitely not tamper, but they <laughs> <laughs> they got one of those wink wink uh, agreements with somebody out there. Uh, but it's 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 a it's a it's a terrifying thought if you're a Laker fan. It's a fun one if you're a absolutely. Fan. <laughs> it's a fun one if you're the other if you're if you're on the other side of that trade. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you, you have to hope that if the Lakers go ahead and do something like that and move a first-round pick, it's because they already know through back channels or whatever that somebody's coming. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't, if they're just kind of throwing caution to the wind and saying, hey, why not? Let's <laughs> let's just go for it. Here's a, here's a first-round pick. And then they don't land. So, I mean, that's going to be – that's, that's you know, a disaster. That, that was going to be a, a dark day in Los Angeles, that's for sure, if they create a first-round pick and then they don't land. Any, I mean, you know, 
parting with Russell, parting with with a, a first-round pick now, plus whoever else they have to throw in and all this, and then you don't land somebody, I mean, I, I don't even know what uh, what the appropriate response would be to that. It's it's drinking. the, the appropriate... yes. <laughs> Or eggnog. <laughs> it's, it's heavily spiked eggnog. It's like if I, if I was to walk through a Vegas casino with my wife and we were to stumble upon a sports book and I was to put rent money on Duke to win the national championship, she would say, oh, you have some kind of... You have some kind of insight on this, right? And I would say, no, no, just a hunch. She would probably freak out. Like she, <laughs> she probably wouldn't handle that very well, and rightfully so. Uh, do you have any more trade ideas before before we get out of here? Yeah, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about one Evita Zubats. Oh man, what what the heck are the Lakers going to do here with Evita? I mean, last season he was he looked like a cornerstone guy. I mean, not, not like a superstar or anything like that, but, I mean, he looked like the Lakers' version of Marcus Gasol, or at least what he was going to going to eventually become. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a soft, soft touch around the basket. He challenges shots really well at the rim. Uh, he, he's a better passer than most big men that you see out there. He had the fan base really excited, and then this year he can't even get minutes. I talked to him a little bit in the locker room a few weeks ago when the Lakers came to, to Phoenix, and he was just really down about the whole situation, was not – he was not thrilled about the way things have been going, and I'm thinking, man, this is a guy who who needs an opportunity. He's just lighting up the, the G League whenever he gets sent down there. So I started looking at some different options, and I started thinking, you know, if the Lakers do end up deciding to part ways with Zubats because he's not getting minutes anyway, you, you pretty much have to send him out for an expiring contract. I thought, you know, maybe they ship him out somewhere to a team that could use a big man and they get another similar young talent in return who just who maybe they, they take a chance on. And so this is what I thought of. Sending Zoo to Milwaukee in exchange for Rashad Vaughn mm-hmm. as insurance in the event that they do end up moving Jordan Clarkson. You can have somebody there to, to back up. I suppose uh, Josh Hart and KCP would probably absorb most of the minutes, but still, you'd have another young guard there that could handle some minutes. Zubats, meanwhile, would get an opportunity to, to succeed in Milwaukee because we know that they do kind of need a big man, possibly a starter, but he could be a backup to uh, to John Henson. So I don't know. Straight up swap Zubats for Rashad Vaughn. Neither guy's really setting the world on fire at this point. Figure it's it's worth a shot just in terms of, of fit. Although, personally, I'd love to see Zubats just get some more minutes. I'm a big fan of his. I think that he, that he can still do some great things. But if the Lakers decide he's not part of the future, then maybe that's a worthwhile gamble. So before we before I analyze Rashad Vaughn, Rashad Vaughn and, and Evita Zubats' season so far, if, if you guys hear something weird in the background, that's Harrison screaming at us for dare questioning his boy his his large adult son <laughs> if he's a new one like that, that, he is from miles away at the spa he's screaming right now he is he is thoroughly upset that we would dare ask if the lakers would part ways with zubat so here, here's the thing i was thinking about this so i i, I presented the question on twitter and, and you actually responded when when we were uh, when I was wondering, I was going through situations and scenarios that the Lakers could be looking at with George and in the upcoming offseason. And, and I saw that they have a team option with Zubats this upcoming year. And it's it was crazy to me that I thought to my, I saw that team option there and I said, look, the Lakers are going to be looking to share, to, to save every possible dime that they possibly can. 
in order to sign a LeBron. And if Zubats is a cap casualty, well, they drafted Thomas Bryant right behind him anyway, right? So it, it right. probably isn't a great sign for Zubats that not only did they draft Thomas Bryant this past year, who I really like. Have you have you watched any of his games down there in the, the G League at all with the... I've caught some of the highlights, and, and he's he's looked pretty darn good. Yeah, I I like that he, you know, sometimes you watch a big shoot a three pointer, and 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 it goes in. And you're like, wow, wow, look at that! Like it just kind of surprises you because it goes in. His three looks natural, like his his release and everything, and he doesn't hesitate when he shoots it. It's just it's just a, a natural release, and given the direction that the league is going in, if he can do that at the pro level, that that separates him from from Zubats quite quite well and so i think it not only was it a bad time that they drafted thomas bryant but then they also signed andrew bogut to play zubats's minutes in the year that he was going to basically try out for that team option so i I, maybe somebody in the lakers learned something or saw something that that fans didn't last year but it doesn't sound it doesn't based on their actions it doesn't necessarily look like they're all that intent upon keeping Zubats, who, like, I, I would agree with you. He, he really surprised me last year, and I, I saw some really good things from he him. He was great. Yeah, and so... And, and here's the thing. I When I when I talked to him, this is what he, he said. He said that the Lakers had told him over the summer that he was going to be a, a big part of the rotation and that he was talking to them about potentially going home for the summer. He wanted to go visit family and, and all that kind of stuff. And they told him that because he was going to have such a big role on the team this year, that they would request that he stay in L.A. and continue to work out and, and get better and be ready for a, a big burden this next season. And he did that. He didn't go home. And he then they went and signed Andrew Bogut. So, he's yeah, he's not a happy camper at this point. Yeah, he... Man, it, I don't think this is going to end very well for really anybody involved. And it was funny because... Like when I said, are, is there, you know, is it a guarantee that the Lakers might pick up his contract or let his contract end and let him walk? People were saying, well, why don't they just include him with to, with Dane to get rid of that contract? And I just kind of chuckled because, like, <laughs> <laughs> if the Lakers are willing to let this guy's contract expire, chances are his reputation around the league isn't such that they would a team would just take him in order to assume the remaining thirty six million dollars of Luol Dane in that experience. So. Uh, yeah, I, I I like the idea of Rashad Vaughn. I, I I especially like it because he's a guard, and the Lakers really need you know either shooting guards or wings, however you want to however you want to define him. And for both guys, it's a it's a change of scenery gamble, basically, right? Where right. Vaughn is stuck behind Middleton out there in in Milwaukee, and maybe he comes to the Lakers where they have fewer guys up at that at the in the depth chart there. For them, and and Zubats goes there and is basically told to take up space so that Giannis can do his thing and try to figure things in, things out there. I could see it working out for for everybody involved, but I just it's really too bad. Like that's really what it comes down to when I think of Zubats. Is it's really too bad that things have played out this way for him, given the promise that he showed. And give us the given like he's kind of a fun guy. Like he's like he's like a funny quirky guy that that was kind of fun to cover even from afar oh he is yeah i mean he was I remember when he was drafted he was like a, a kid at disneyland i mean he is that's another disneyland reference on this show sorry but um 
But yeah, he was super excited about being a Laker. I mean, remember he talked about having all these Lakers jerseys that he had in his room and, and how he was really hoping that he would fall to the Lakers and he was like praying that teams wouldn't draft him so that he would be there for the Lakers to, to get him. And he's been, he was working on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's skyhook. And I mean, Zubats was like the guy. He was the guy that was that was going to to really excite the fan base and everything. Once As soon as he opened his mouth, he was like an instant fan favorite. I mean, before there was coups, there was Zoo being chanted from the Raptors in Las Vegas at Summer League. And it's like that's all kind of gone away now. And I'm, my hope is that, they, is that they don't trade him. They hang on to him. Something happens. And so there's a, a change or something like that where Luke Walton decides that it's time to see Zubat. It's time to see a bit more of him. And then he comes in and performs well and things get, get righted. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what I would prefer rather than seeing him traded. But if they do decide that they're going to move him, then, well, I mean, you might as well try to send him to a situation where he can be successful and maybe bring in a, a piece that's at least worth taking a look at, kind of like the Lakers did with, uh, with Tyler Ennis last year where they basically got a free look at him and they ended up having him stick around. Yeah, I, I think eventually, especially like at the end of December, the Lakers' playoff hopes are going to be in the same place as most of my gambling tickets. Like it just, it, it's not going to be in a very good place. So like, so I, I think as they fall further out of the playoff picture, Bogut will probably approach Palinka and ask him if if he can find, you know, maybe be bought out and go to a team that's closer to title contention. And that frees up, you know, maybe a few minutes here and there for Zubats. And then also the Lakers' priorities shift to the upcoming off seasons and the seasons to follow because they have to, they have some serious questions to ask themselves this upcoming, this, this summer. And one of those, one such question, and, and we saw it already take place with David Nwaba, who everybody loved. I, yeah. I didn't, I don't recall a single fan who watched David Nwaba play and did not enjoy doing so. And he became a cap casualty so that the Lakers could offer an extra million to KCP, right? And if and if you now shift that situation to it's LeBron who might need the extra million or it's Paul George who might need the extra million, well, guess what that probably means for Vita Zubat's player option or, or team option? It's probably not any very well for him. You know? Oh no, I mean that's and that would that would also hold true for for Thomas Bryant or, yep. or any of those guys, right? I mean that would be. You know, if it's as much as we like Zubats and, and Bryant and, and those guys, if it's if that's the hurdle they have to clear in order to bring in LeBron James, I mean that's that's it's it's bye bye Zubats. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just the way it's gonna be and that's that's just the reality of, of the league. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions that are that are, you know, get what you need to do in order to move the franchise forward. I and I, I think that as much as people may not want to talk about it that is the situation with a lot of guys that they really like. You know, like we we like Kuzma or, or, or Zubats because he's been fun and he exceeded expectations and all these things. But people, especially this year, people love Brandon Ingram. People really like Lonzo Ball despite his early season struggles. People love Kyle Kuzma, Julius Randle, right? And if the Lakers land a LeBron, he's not going to he's not going to arrive in LA and look to help guide these guys through their careers. He's going to arrive in LA and demand immediate title contention. And for a lot of these guys, 
that means they're getting moved for guys who can help a title contender on a consistent basis. And that's <laughs> that's a conversation most people don't necessarily want to have, but that's kind of how that plays out. Just ask Andrew Wiggins in, in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when Le- LeBron wrote the I'm coming home letter, he didn't include Andrew <laughs> Wiggins because, I mean, it, it was pretty clear they had something prearranged there where, where Wiggins was probably not going to be part of that of that team when LeBron showed up. And that's just, yeah, that's, that's reality. And it's going to be, well, I think that we can say at this point that if the Lakers do land LeBron or do land Paul George or, you know, if they land both of them, this team is going to look very, very different next year. It's not like you can just picture it as, as okay, let's slide in LeBron at the power forward spot or, or a small forward and slide in Paul George here. And then, and then how, how are these guys all going to fit together? No, it's going to be a completely different team. A lot of these guys that are that are here now will probably not be there, although they'll probably do everything they can to hang on to Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo. Outside that, I, I think all bets are off as far as any of them. Yeah, it's it's that's that's a dynamic that's going to be really interesting. This I mean, the Lakers refuse to be boring, but that <laughs> that's going to be a crazy one to watch. Uh, this was a lot of fun, though. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, Trevor, and you have an open invitation to come on here, especially when Harrison is at the day spa. Uh, and, and again, he loves it. At any given moment, if you just tweet at him, like, how's the day spa? He loves it when he gets those tweets. So just make sure <laughs> <laughs> he, he's going to shoot me. Uh, <laughs> but, but again, this is Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com and the Lakers Nation podcast. He does great work over there. I miss the vines. Don't you miss like the, the vines and the, and oh, the yeah. instant highlights? Those were. Yep. I still occasionally get people tweeting at me saying, saying, man, where are the vines? I miss being able to do that. That was a, that was a lot of fun, but um, yeah. Yep. Those are, those are gone. Yep. Those, are, <laughs> those have gone the way of the dodo. Yep. They have. I am Anthony Irwin. As always, make sure you're following the show on Megaphone slash Panoply, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Spotify, Alexa, Lakers Nation, and Lakers Outsiders. That was Trevor Lane. Make sure you're following him on Twitter and make sure you're listening to that show. Great stuff over there. I am Anthony Irwin. Harrison is not here. Uh, we got to give Harrison a harder time for, for missing some of these shows. We got we to figure something out. Just send him giraffe pictures or something. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.